This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. They impeached our president twice for nothing. The truth is simple, and it's right before our eyes. They raided his home. I don't know what to be concerned about. No one, no one seems to. And they call us extremists and fascists for supporting him. Yeah, we're done with all that. It's the Rob Carson Show. And you know who's a criminal? You're a criminal for not reporting it. You are a criminal for not reporting it. And it was uh, Donald Trump when he was running for president and uh, Twitter uh, didn't report on the uh, Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, what, six weeks out from the 2020 election, this on the heels of the 2016 election where the FBI was literally involved in uh, in creating a narrative about Russia collusion to throw the 2016 election. So I would venture to say, if you put the pieces together, that uh, this wasn't the first time that uh, the Democrat Party, the Biden administration, the Biden campaign, uh, campaign colluded with big social media joining me is i'll just say my favorite host on newsmax uh will you sign this picture (laughs) better yet i've got a sharpie just sign my chest here uh rob schmidt (laughs) rob schmidt's joining us how you doing man good to see you rob good to to be back on the show haven't seen you uh, since uh, last year which is probably plenty for you (laughs) i'm sure so uh what's the big story of the day man i mean clearly i'm assuming it is going to be twitter you're going to be hitting on this tonight and you've had the weekend to digest it just tell me what what have you learned? What do you think? What are people talking you, about? You learned that there is there is what I think we all assumed is that there is a cabal. There's a, there's a group of people working together, and it's it's it, it's you know the deep state, the swamp, whatever you want to call it. It's the federal government in large part. It's it's the it's um it's the um, tech companies, the federal government, the media, all working together in tandem to push an agenda uh, and to remove and to remove people they don't want in power uh, and to basically shove you know people like joe biden into the white which is the most astonishing thing rob you're you're a journalist you're a commentator and you know the importance of the first amendment and i've said that the 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 constitution is unbelievably important i don't want to sound like a you know rah-rah you know uh what a glenn beck you know kind of talk shows but the first amendment and the second amendment is what made us what we are the first amendment to say what we could say and the second amendment to be able to say it without being messed with it is a sacred, sacred responsibility for the, the, the news media, particularly for journalists, to be the third wheel, to be the third rail, to be able to, to talk points, to, to protest against the, the, uh, the people in power. Mm-hmm. They really dropped the ball. They chose, Rob, they, Twitter, Facebook, the mainstream media all chose sides. Washington has figured out how to own the media. 
and 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 everything that I think the founders were worried about is starting to come to fruition. They were worried that you know that the government would get so big that it would want to control people. The reason they they set up all these guardrails and barriers was what, so this didn't happen. And of course, over enough time, a couple hundred years, they figured out a way uh, to, to manage to do it. Uh, and they and it's it's scary. It and, really and, is scary. Well, and I mentioned this. And we have earlier. no media. We have no, no media anymore. No, it's gone. I was uh, talking to Sean and, uh, and Emma from uh, National Report. I want you to think about this, because all of these things that I mentioned here, I'm going to mention right here, all of these were verboten on Twitter and Facebook mm-hmm. uh, and the mainstream media. And where did, all of the, where did they all coordinate? Or did somebody just decide to use a term that Joseph Stalin did in 1923 called misinformation, and then create a board called the Misinformation Board. Because you know what? Only one entity can decisively say what is misinformation. It's not truth. Mm-hmm. It's their version of it. Right. Questioning of election results. Questioning of electronic voting machines. Serious. Possible treatments for uh, COVID. Uh, yep. Any questioning about vaccines or vaccine injuries. I know more people who've been injured by the vaccine than I know who died of COVID. I do. I do. I know, fam- I know more families who've had fentanyl deaths than COVID deaths. That's what I know. Yeah. Vaccine deaths. China and the origin of the virus. Why can't we mention on social media that the obvious is true, that it came from Wuhan, yeah. a lab that was being funded by Anthony Fauci? Why couldn't we say these, Rob? January 6th. true. Ashley Babbitt. What about Ray Epps? You can't say Ray Epps' names. I'm not meaning consp- conspiratorial. You may think no. that Ray Epps is bullcrap. Why couldn't you say it? Yeah, it's, it's, it, you, you start to see how it really works. You start to, and this is they did not want all this stuff to come out, and this is why they're freaking out about it, and this is why stuff that come out. And there's so much suppression of this, and you realize I'm, I'm I can't wait to see what Elon's going to release as far as COVID nineteen. I think it's going to be earth shattering. Yeah, just think about where the virus came from. Mm -hmm. Joe Biden, when he went into office, he said he was going to do a a task force to find (laughs) where COVID came from. Mm -hmm. You think they really did anything? Of course they didn't. Of course they didn't. China gets a pass every time they meet with Biden. They never bring it up. It is, um, it it really, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is innocent. What about George Floyd's death? Why could you not question just anything? Like maybe he had fentanyl in the system. Why? Why? Why couldn't you mention that Black Lives Matter is a scam or even question Black Lives Matter? Any post that I put on Facebook, I would say Black Lives Matter is not real or whatever. Immediately flagged on Facebook and Twitter. Don't you find that remarkable? After all is said and done, do you look back and go, my God, what did they do to us? They had a direct line to these tech companies, and it's not just its not just Twitter. I, I can't wait. If, if, if the rest of them can finally do it and finally bring it all out, Zuckerberg's obviously not going to do it. But, I mean, it's just this is just one. I mean, he spent $44 billion, and this is a big part of why, mm-hmm. to expose this. Because I, I think we can all feel that this is all tethered together. The left in this country is now tethered to you know, the universities, to the tech companies, to journalism. This is how a country falls. And, and this is all intentional. And this is, I mean, this happened. It's happened in history. It, it happens over and over again. It can only go so long. They don't like freedom. They don't like freedom of speech. They want to control you. And they can't if you're allowed to think for yourself. Here's another thing. And, and uh, it, I don't know what your political leanings are. I don't really care. Uh, I know that I like your show. I know I like your take on stuff. Um, but when you even work for a company that is perceived as being conservative, 
I'm sure that other people in the industry, maybe up the street at another network or the other networks, all think you're something because of who you work for. You'd never, nobody at Newsmax would say, oh, we can't hire anybody from ABC. Yeah. We wouldn't. But if you went up to ABC and said, hey, man, I hear you're looking for a new anchor and morning driver, whatever the hell, they would go, oh, you worked at New, right? Right. Oh, I I hear it. I mean, I used to, I worked at NBC here in in town, in NBC New York. And um, I still have a couple friends over there, and they say that the, they say the other hosts they're like, "Does he really believe all that stuff he says?" <laughs> and in my, my mind, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, do you people actually believe all the BS that yeah. you spread? I mean, all of your talking points come. I mean, they're not allowed. I mean, imagine what they can and can't talk about. Imagine the suppression of actual news stories that they deal with on a daily basis that are real. I mean, think of all the, but the I things think you just go, talked about. You don't, all those, you, you don't work yeah. there. You don't work there if you believe something else. Yeah. You don't work at new. You don't work in the newsroom yeah. at NBC unless you are down in the wool and down with all of that. It, yeah. That's just the way. There are no conservatives in most newsrooms around the country. There's very few left. I mean, and that's you. why whenever one of them leaves, you get the Barry Weiss or the situation like that where you get somebody yeah. that's actually level-headed that says, wow, my whole organization, the New York Times, has been taken over by Marxists, and, and, I, and by there's the way, no news anymore. You're, you're clo- I don't read the Times. Yeah. I don't have time for it. Yeah. I really don't. My, my daughter has hamsters. We do use it for the cages. That's perfect. It's fantastic. Exactly for, what shreds doing. up very nicely. No staples. Yes. Nothing. Nothing like that magazines and stuff. Yeah. But 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 uh, New York Times today, after all of this, you're looking at, you're staring down the barrel of, oh, my God, we have played along with the government and touted everything. And this morning, what are they doing? B5. If you want to find the story, it's a little smidge. I mean, they made it as un, the title of it. I can't remember. It's so uninteresting. It's a little picture of Matt Taibbi, who's not a right-wing journalist at all. It's actually no, a very left-wing. He worked for Rolling Stone. Rolling Stone. I mean, we were just talking in there. He, he had an op-ed after Andrew Breitbart died called Death of a Douche. That's the guy that Elon Musk brought in to do this. And now they're yeah. trying to label Matt Taibbi as some kind of a, you know, he's, he's, he's uh, um, you know, working for a billionaire and, and you know, just and yeah. some kind of right wing. It's yeah. like, are you kidding me? Yeah. No matter what. I mean, it's as the more they get exposed, the more you see how uh, how awful they are. One of the things that I like to say on the show uh, is um, that, you know, why I think the covid was overplayed because I'm not stupid. Why do I think that there was a lot of chicanery in the 2020 election? Because I'm not stupid. Yeah. This, what the government has done with Twitter and Facebook, is advanced um, uh, gaslighting. Yeah. It Absolutely. is made to say everything you believe is false, and it's made to make you feel crazy, feel like you have nothing to say, and they've done it. And it's the same stuff that happened in the Soviet Union, still going on in Cuba and other places. That's where disinformation came from. It is a Stalin term. That's what it worked. People should feel way better after what we've seen oh my over God. the last couple of days. I mean, this should validate and vindicate so many things that you believe for the last couple of years. Yes, this is really happening to your country. You're not crazy. They said you were crazy. They're lying to you. It also has been very uh, difficult for me because I broke bread my entire life. All of my friends have been liberal. I lived in Minneapolis. All my friends liberal. Cincinnati, all my friends liberal. Uh, Washington, D.C., all my friends liberal. But only until the last couple of years have they not wanted to have anything to do with me. Mm-hmm. Part of it because I launched a conservative talk show nationally. I have a TV show on Newsmax. But it really is uh, sad. Can you hold on a second? Come back for the second yeah, segment. we got no another problem. segment coming up here. I enjoy sure Actually, just stay for the rest of the darn show. <laughs> Let's do that, Rob. Let's take a break. You are listening to uh, the Rob Carson Show live from New York. Newsmax headquarters back in a few. He's the best thing to come out of Iowa since Superman and Captain Kirk. It's the Rob Carson Show. 
Yeah, but I got somebody from Indiana sitting right here, but now he's a New Yorker. Rob Schmidt from uh, Newsmax uh, joins us. You've been in New York for 10 years. 10 years. Say. 10 years from Indiana. Uh, I'm, I'm a from Iowa, you know, yep. and, uh, and this is, uh, I live in Kansas City now. I've lived in Washington, D.C. Uh, I'll ask what I asked uh, Sean and Emma. Um, how is uh, the, the city turned around? I mean, obviously, crime is still nuts. You still got a Democrat mayor. You still have a Democrat governor. Yeah. How have things changed in the last two years in the city of New York for you being able to live? And, and then also uh, mention, you know, why so many have, are still people, people leaving more? Yeah. Or is, what? What? Tell me. About it's that. you know. It, it reminds me of remember how we came out of the recession, the 2008 recession, and they said it was the slowest recovery ever. Yeah. Whenever Democrats need to pull you out of something bad, it takes a million years. <laughs> it's just like I mean, this has been. We're just inching along back towards a prosperous city. I mean, we're sitting here looking out at all the the the, the commercial buildings. I mean, this one right here. I mean, how yeah. many lights do you see on? I mean, these yeah. commercial buildings are empty. The rent is really high. I don't know why or how. I think there's, I think a lot of the developers have created a shadow market to keep the rent prices up, but the commercial buildings are empty. Well, when I Everybody's talk to still you, working from home, and that's the biggest problem. There, okay. Yeah. And, and when you consider crime, yeah. when you consider some of the high-profile instances, we just saw a guy get hit in the back of the freaking head by a baseball bat in New York City. Yeah. We're seeing people being shoved in front of trains. We're seeing crazy people. Last night, I, I just decided I, all I wanted to do was walk and get a piece of pizza from Ray's Pizza. I'm walking along. There's a little crevice between two buildings. There's a man standing there. His entire backside to the public taking a whiz mm-hmm. on the ground. Yeah. How, when the hell did the, And by the way, and every other street, major stinkweed. I think that's a problem. It's a problem. I mean, there's, there's, um, what was it? Broken windows policing was how they cleaned up the city 30 years ago. Uh, they, they have no interest in that. That's uh, the liberals hate that because it's, it's starting off with small offenses. You, you, you show those people that we're not screwing around. You can't be. You know, you can't be pissing on the sidewalk. You can't yeah. be, I mean, all these things. You can't be just doing drugs out in the open. Of course, now they've legalized marijuana. But uh, little things like that, little, I mean, just, um, you know, theft, things like that. You go Speaking after that marijuana, stuff. Where yeah. can I get some good? No, I'm just kidding. I'm yeah. just joking. I don't, I don't. Either. <laughs> Probably but, right outside. Exactly. Finish your thought. I apologize. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. I just, I mean, when you when you go after the, the small stuff and you, you show people the low-level criminals that you can't pull the stuff anymore, uh, it, I think it, it, it just it expands from there. Um, and you have to you have to do that because quality of life is hugely important. And people, so many people, I mean, a lot of my friends that the guys that I knew that had the big money, they all left. They're all sitting on Miami Beach, and all of their money. Why went would with you? Them. Why would you stay here? What's the income tax? Thirteen percent state. Twelve. I mean, what's well, it's like a it's I think it's like, it's like nine 12. and then plus three and a half more for the city. There you go. And then that's you know that's twelve. Yeah, you're like twelve. It's just like California. It's a little less than California. And then you've got your federal on top of that. And then you just have the general cost of everything. I mean, you're just getting crushed. You uh, mentioned last year when I talked to you um, that uh, the rents had kind of come down because of COVID, yep. but it sounds like they're back and they're better than they're, they're higher. They got to be nuts. I, I, don't, I don't get it. What's the average for like a studio in Manhattan? Like forty five hundred, five grand. Studio is probably three thousand now. Thirty five hundred. Minimum. I'd okay. say. I'd say. But that's that's going to be something you're not going to want to take anyone home to. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd say for a nice apartment, is, is pushing five thousand for a nice one bedroom apartment. Why do I see so many construction cranes here? Great question. <laughs> Great. I mean, I, I think with these prices, I still don't understand how nobody's working in this city, and yet everybody's moving to this city. It just doesn't make any sense. These, I mean, the rent's higher than it was in 2019 pre-COVID. Explain that to me. You've got to be doing really, really well. I remember the early 90s. I uh, I was offered a job to come to New York City. I started writing for Rush uh, around 1990, and uh, Danny Bonaducci was doing a show. 
might have been a PLJ. I don't remember. They wanted me to come and produce and co-host it. And I said they were going to offer me six figures then. Yeah. And in 1991, that seemed like a lot of money, but it wasn't. Not here. Not, not in New York, even in 30 years ago. No. And I mean, now, I, what do you do? For, I, I don't understand how you do I, I was talking to a kid yesterday. On a, he's my son's age, flying in from Kansas City. He has a place in Manhattan. He's sharing. He's got three roommates. I guess that'd be the only thing, and it's just kind of a subsistence existence, a place to crash, right? It's 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 not. You're not living well here unless you're making a lot of money. I mean, you look at Florida, and Florida's gotten a lot more expensive too. But when you take away that state tax, I mean, that's just so much more money in your pocket. How do you adjust as somebody from Indiana to not having a, a, a yard? Does that ever bug get, you? I'm just curious, the, Rob. I get out of the city a lot. I hope so. I, get out of the I, city I hope so. I worry about I you. I escape <laughs> a lot. I know. I, I miss having. I miss seeing grass and trees yeah. and all this stuff. Like yeah, that. Cows, you know. Yeah. yeah cows. Um, let me ask you this: uh, uh, Trump and uh, and I, I would like your opinion on Trump and uh, DeSantis. Uh, just tell me it's, what do you think. It's I, I, that think? is the you know I mean I I think that what Trump did. What he created is not going to be so easily removed from the psyche of the American people. I mean, he he changed. I, I think that yes. I think DeSantis is fantastic. Yes. I think DeSantis is also 43 yeah. and has an eternity to go. Um, but I think Trump fundamentally changed the entire party, changed American politics completely. It's, you can't just throw that out yet. You just can't. I mean, he's he does things that bother people. I get that. But, I mean, DeSantis is DeSantis because of Trump. Yes. DeSantis' playbook is lifted from Trump. So it's like, I mean, if you're trying to choose one or the other, you have to, you have to at least acknowledge that DeSantis is it's, doing a lot of stuff you learned from it's Trump. It's going to be a long time yeah. before Mike Pence is a viable candidate. It, and he won't, he'll be too time. old before then. Yeah. It, is, it, it will never be, uh, Larry Hogan will never be a viable candidate. MSNB host, MSNBC host, sure. Yeah. Viable candidate, no. Yeah. He changed it, and we're not going back. We've yeah. had the taste of someone who goes to Washington, D.C. and says he's going to do and does it. We've been dragged in this country to the left for the last 50 years, if not longer, 70 years maybe, we've been dragged just slowly to the left. And nobody has slammed down and said, yeah. no, we're stopping here. Yeah. We're going to start moving back the other that's way. Because like I always say, JFK today is a Tea Party Patriot Republican. That's I mean, that's, and that's what's happened to this country. That's scary. I appreciate you uh, hanging out with me today, Rob. It was great. It was great to see you. Make sure to watch your show every night. Appreciate I do. It. There's no without fail. I, I enjoy your uh, commentary, and I just enjoy, enjoy the, your, your approachability on the air. It's just it's uh, you know I, I'll, I'll continue the love fest off the air. Uh, but Rob, it was really good to see you. <laughs> Thank and I you so much, it, Rob. Brother. Appreciate what, what, real quick on the show tonight. What do we got? Number one, we're doing all sorts of stuff on Twitter. The reaction, the okay. media ignoring it. That's a, that's it. All right, very good. Let's take a break. You are listening to the Rob Carson Show. So this is James Woods on Friday talking about being banned on Twitter and it wrecking his career. I loved my career for 50 years. I was happy to be an award-winning and honored and appreciated actor. And uh, I missed my career. And these people took it from me. And they'll pay a price later in my life, you know. But I have to say, um, I am not going to take it sitting down. I think these people are vermin for doing this. Now, uh, name, uh, if you would... Ten conservative actors who are uh, are leading men or women. Anybody? No. You think that blacklisting was a big deal in the 1950s? Many of us were not born then. But if you think it was a big deal, what is happening in this country and what has happened in this country, and I've said this about the conservative apartheid that's going on here, things are pretty bad when you cannot have a political opinion if you want to work. 
that's what happens in the so what what happened in the Soviet Union that what what happens in China and North Korea although North Korea even more stringent than that more uh, audio from James Woods more great personalities from Newsmax the sights and sounds of New York City and Elon Musk in the last hour of the Rob Carson show don't go anywhere Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show, hour number three of the show on this Monday. As we broadcast live from the uh, Newsmax headquarters in uh, Manhattan, as I look out the window right now, I, I wish you could see this. I uh, am in the shadow of the Chrysler building. This is... Uh, Pretty remarkable. And and I'm one of those guys, uh, uh, I've been to New York City. This is my fourth time. The last time I came to New York was last year at this time, and I came home with COVID. <laughs> but it, it, I'm one of those guys who's on the right side of the, you know, the wrong side of the plane when you land, because I'm trying to see the Statue of Liberty. I saw the Statue of Liberty coming. It saw uh, the Empire State Building, which is something that I, I think my fascination with the Titanic and the Empire State Building started at the same time when I was in elementary school. But it's interesting to see it. And to be here, uh, I'll just tell you, because uh, it would be easy for me to go, oh, yeah, I'm in New York. Yeah, no. I'm living the big life with Rob Carson in the New York and all that. No, this is a really, it's a really big deal for me to know that Newsmax brought me here and more importantly, brought you here. And I want to share with you the experience that we're having here as well as the, uh, the news of the day. But first, a little, a little holiday interlude, if you will, from Mr. Jim Gossett about the president of the United States, Joe Biden, also known as President Derp Derp. A few of his favorite things. Money from China, Ukrainian payoffs. Posted it. Shutting down pipelines and causing big layoffs. And everything that's record inflation. Oh, how it stings. These are Joe Biden's favorite things. Yes, they are. Bags full of cash that go straight to the big guy. <laughs> Railroading Trump by pushing the big lie. To pull a few strings These are a few of Joe's favorite things Nice When more stories of corruption Has Joe feeling sad He simply remembers that he can't be touched And then Joe don't feel so I, um, I'm one of those people that uh, I, I like to just talk to people, right? My mother, she taught me to be able to talk to anyone about anything. And I've, uh, I think, worked on that skill my entire life, and it's something that I just enjoy because I find, I find average you and me, average people's stories to be, quite honestly, a lot more interesting than a lot of celebrities. I'll just be honest. I'll just be honest. For instance, I want to share a story. I was on the plane, and, and I'm the only person, if you get off an airplane, I know everybody around me. I know their life story. I know that the lady on the left, she actually lives in New York. She was in town in Kansas City for a uh, her uh, her husband's 80th birthday. Uh, she uh, 
uh, has three, three, three sisters and a brother. The brother's selling the eight. They all went together to Kansas City. Kid sitting next to me just graduated from the University of Kansas. He's my son's age, graduated same class. Moved to Manhattan, works in accounting, has uh, two roommates in Manhattan. I know this, had a conversation with him. I know that he was watching uh, Training Day on his, uh, on his computer. I wasn't sneaking. It was just right out there. But I know that. And then yesterday, one of my best friends... The reason I met him is because he was my cabbie, and his name's Brian. And I met him in Minneapolis, and we became fast friends. And this cabbie ended up owning like 60 cabs in, uh, in Minneapolis. And it's interesting because he's, uh, he's uh, adopted like me, and he's South Korean. And, uh, and he went and found his, his biological parents in Seoul. Now, this is an off. I'll just mention it because it's so fascinating. So my friend Brian, he goes to Seoul, and he goes to meet his mother, and he wants she, he has a brother. He has a biological uh, brother, and uh, she told him where he worked to go meet him. And Brian went to this very large building in downtown Seoul, and he walked into the building, and he asked the receptionist where his brother was. He was expecting me, and he said, right over there, go to that elevator. So he goes over to that elevator and he opens it up and there's only one button on the elevator. And he gets and he hits it and he goes up and he opens it up and there is a woman sitting near the elevator in a, in a kiosk and then a hallway. And she said, your brother's expecting you. And he walked down and he met his brother who is the president of Samsung. A true story. Pretty amazing. But I was uh, talking to the Uber driver last night. It's an Uber driver now, and by the way, it was only about it was sixty bucks to get to the airport uh, from the airport here. Uh, that wasn't congestion pricing; would have been a lot more. I was coming in from LaGuardia. That said, we got into a conversation, and it was interesting because my uh, uh, the gentleman who was driving the uh, cab um, he is a Hispanic gentleman, and we couldn't he didn't speak any English. So you're thinking, okay, well, there's no way you can have a conversation. Well, there's a translation app on my phone. And what I was doing was uh, talking, saying my sentence into the translation app, and then pay, playing my questions to him in perfect Spanish. And I ended up learning a lot about him. For instance, he comes from the Dominican Republic. He's not a fan of soccer. He's a fan of the Yankees. He was listening to the Yankees Cubs yesterday in Spanish on the radio. He's got two children, seven and four years old, um, and he is driving Uber for now, but he hopes that he'll be able to do something that he really loves when he has enough money. There you go. There you go. Learned all that from him. Now, here's just the observation that I... Uh, made from that conversation, and that has to do with connecting you and me, okay? Yesterday, what happened in that cab was pretty remarkable because normally when you get into a cab and the other person doesn't speak any English and English is the only language you speak, although I speak French as well, but if you don't speak Spanish, that's the end of the conversation. You just go, um, yeah, I need to go to, you know, third and whatever where we're staying here. But instead, I was able to hear about his life, and I was able to talk to him. And I found his the conversation I, I had with the guy driving Uber was probably more fascinating than any celebrity I could ever speak to. 
And I showed him a picture on my phone of meeting Donald Trump, just to see. Because, I, I don't know, I had a feeling about him that he's an entrepreneur, he's driving Uber, he lives in Queens, he's got two kids, he just moved here from the Dominican Republic two years ago. I had a feeling he might lean toward, you know, being a patriot, loving the country. I don't know, because he chose to be here. That could be the big thing, right? And he lit up, and he goes, oh, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. And I said, yes, and I asked him what he liked about Donald Trump, and you know what he said to me? He said he listens to us. That was really, really big. And that's an interesting thing about Donald Trump. And I, and I had the opportunity to, to meet him. And, and while my, my profile is a little bit higher than an Uber driver in New York City, since I have a TV show on Newsmax and now I have a syndicated radio program, but uh, last, you know, when I went and I was, I went to Mar-a-Lago. I was invited by Newsmax to broadcast live there, and I got invited to Mar-a-Lago, and I got to meet Donald Trump. And uh, even though maybe I'm a little bit higher profile than, say, for instance, an Uber driver in New York, but not as high profile as I don't know Tucker Carlson. But Donald Trump made me feel like he had a connection. Um, he sent me condolences when my mother died. Donald Trump, Donald Trump, who meets thousands of people, Donald Trump, who was the president of the United States, Donald Trump, who has a world on his shoulders, Donald Trump, who's been persecuted and prosecuted and banned and stricken and his family maligned and investigated and all of this. And I don't care what you think about Donald Trump. I don't care. I'm just telling you what he's been through. And that man, through it all, was able to send Rob Carson's family condolences when his mother died. And the guy in the cabbie, he said, Donald Trump listens to us. That was really big. And you know, there was another kind of an air there about why particularly someone who is an immigrant and a patriot and also a man might feel about Donald Trump. Because I think that he honestly, in a world where we've been so uh, emasculated and we've been told that masculinity is toxic and we've been our boys are in crisis right now for a number of reasons one of them being that they've been told masculinity is toxic and all of these things and you could tell that that man in that uber he feels a responsibility to provide for his family no matter what he moved here from the Dominican Republic with children and he's driving an uber do you suppose that his dream in the Dominican Republic would be to drive a around a bunch of gringos uh, for uh, on Uber. And not just gringos, I'm just saying. But was that his dream? Because he could drive an Uber in Moscow. He could drive an Uber in, uh, in uh, London. He could drive an Uber in wherever the hell. But he, drives to, he, he chooses to drive an Uber in the United States of America. Because he believes still in the in the uh, the guiding principles that made us the greatest individual, the the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom in the history of mankind, and that being of freedom and self determination. It's a big deal. <clears throat> and he also, I could just tell, he liked Donald Trump's masculinity and machismo, for lack of a better term. In a country where Hispanics are being told that they can no longer be Latina and Latino, they have to be Latinx 
This guy appreciated it. I thought you'd appreciate that conversation. That's why I shared it with you. We've got more coming up with regard to uh, Elon Musk, what's happening with regard to Twitter, all of that on this New York edition of The Rob Carson Show. Back in a few. We the people are mad as hell. It's The Rob Carson Show. Christmas is a little uh, Brian Seltzer, if I'm not mistaken. Seltzer, not like Stelter, like uh, Brian Stelter. <laughs> Brian Stelter, is, uh, he's uh, retreated to academia. I think he's sitting on a wall hoping that he doesn't have a great fall. I guess his great fall already happened. Uh, that said, welcome to the uh, Rob Carson Show as we broadcast live from Newsmax Studios in uh, Manhattan. One thing I, I didn't mention about my, uh, my Uber driver yesterday and uh, I thought was interesting is I was able to have a conversation with a gentleman even though I didn't speak Spanish and it was a fluent conversation. It was a little bit <clears throat> uh, stodgy because we had to record his and then he play it for me and vice versa. But we are getting to the point and it will happen that we're not going to have a language barrier anywhere. I know we're very, very close to that now with uh, translation technology, there's going to be a point where we will just be able to speak and other people will be able to hear their language. It's going to, it'll be an earpiece. <clears throat> it'll be that simple. You'll wear an earpiece and you'll be able to talk with people. It, it's coming. It's on the way. There are other things. And think about this, the, the tech that's happened in our lives. Uh, you know, for instance, um, just the, the, the phone you have in your, no, 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 the mega computer you have in your pocket that just happens to have a phone app you don't use. And if you do, it's like, oh, God, who called that, right? And then you've got Elon Musk now saying that they're very close to the Neuralink, which might be able to let people walk again. Dear God in heaven, please let that happen. <clears throat> I know so many people who have been affected by paralysis. It would be so glorious. We've already seen some major advancements with regard to being able to hear for those who couldn't with the cochlear implants. That's going to get even better. And Elon Musk is even saying the blind will be able to walk. Or be able to hear. Or see. Sorry. See. There you go. The blind will be able to. Yeah, yeah, blind people are like, yeah, Rob, we can walk, dude. It's just we can't see. I thought you should know that. <clears throat> that, that. It's pretty remarkable. But there's going to be a point where the only reason you hang on to your language is because of your heritage, because of your country. But as far as it being a hindrance to you being able to speak fluently with anybody, that's going to happen. And it's already on the way. And the next thing I hope is that we will be able to communicate with the deaf as readily as we would a voice person. I think that's going to be, when that happens, it's going to mean so much to those who've been marginalized by deafness or blindness. And I know this is kind of coming out of nowhere, but I know a lot of people <clears throat> who've been impacted by all of those things and... I think a real emancipation for them is coming. And more than that, just a re-adjoining of society that hasn't been there before. It's remarkable. <clears throat> it's remarkable. So some interesting things about the, uh, the uh, Hunter Biden laptop with regard to uh, uh, being banned on big social media. Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, uh, apparently was not involved in it. Uh, it was headed up by... <clears throat> the head of trust and safety 
at uh, Twitter, Vijaya Gadi. That's what they're saying, okay? Uh, there were warnings from Twitter's Washington, D.C. contacts, including an email from the only Democrat who had a problem with it, Ro Khanna, who warned the decision generated a huge backlash on Capitol Hill and expressed concerns about Twitter undermining the freedom to publish other Democrats reportedly complained that Twitter had not gone far enough in its censorship of the press. And see, that's a wonderful thing when the other view is being censored. But I got to tell you, even if the mainstream media, big social media was all conservative, I'd want to have the conversation. I don't think there are any conservatives who want the left to be shut down, but they would like to have a debate, right? Well, James Baker a lawyer previously with the FBI, one of the original architects of Spygate. Did you know that? Originally involved in Twitter's decision to uh, suppress Hunter Biden's laptop from Hell Story. Did you realize that he left the FBI in 2018? And where do you suppose he started working in June of 2020? Where do you suppose he started working? Twitter. Twitter's deputy general counsel advised Twitter executives to block access to Hunter Biden's laptop story, even though they knew the materials were not hacked. FBI. Lead counsel leaves the FBI, joins Twitter in 2020, is one of the people who actually put down the Hunter Biden laptop story. He also, this according to the, uh, the UK Daily Mail also interfered in the 2016 election when he acted as a running dog for Hillary Clinton's lawyer, Michael Sussman. And we also remember that uh, in uh, 2016, the FBI was uh, an integral part of creating the Russia disinformation narrative with regard to Donald Trump, and they even offered Christopher Seale one million of our tax dollars to verify the dossier, and he said, I cannot do that because there is nothing evidential about it. In other words, it's not true. But one of the architects of that left the FBI, and went to Twitter. James Baker has repeatedly defended the origins of the Trump-Russia probe. Hillary Clinton's phony Russian dossier kick-started the Trump-Russia investigation. However, James Baker insisted a tip about George Papadopoulos actually triggered the probe. James Baker has now interfered in two presidential elections, and both times he worked to derail Trump while helping the Democrat candidate. Which means what I said, that Twitter and the Biden candidacy and the DNC have been a cabal for years. It didn't start with the Hunter Biden laptop in the election of 2020. It started years before. And this house of cards is falling and falling quickly. And I hope, and i got to tell you, I I said this weekend, I said, Elon Musk is the Patrick Henry of 2020. Elon Musk is the one who rescued the First Amendment and the principles of the First Amendment. He rescued them. And he is going to expose how much we became like the former Soviet Union and the present China. It's remarkable. These are remarkable times. And when the truth comes out, we're all going to go, 
Wow. Allison Maloney, Newsmax, joins us next to talk about the day's events and, uh, and New York City on The Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. They shut down your kid's school. They forced them to wear masks. They taught them CRT and radical transgender nonsense. Now Mama Bear and Papa Bear are pissed. It's The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show as we broadcast live from New York. And, and the engineer was right. Right about this time is when the sun comes right into your face, right by the Chrysler building here. Uh, Alice Maloney joins us from Newsmax. How are you? I'm great. You have a great glow going on. It's, it's nice. It, it's showing all my, uh, you know, imperfections with the sun. And there, there he is. That better? That's better. <laughs> no, it's great. Anyway, uh, thanks for joining me today. Of it's course. great to have you uh, here. I've, I've been, I follow you on social media. We're all part of the Newsmax family. And it's just a real pleasure to have you in the uh, in the studio. How's, how's, how's life working at Newsmax this year life for you? Life is great. Newsmax is amazing. So I started uh, working as a contributor about three years ago. Um, and it was small. It was, I remember we had our holiday party. It was a luncheon and how it's grown yeah. and it's amazing. Every day, every time I turn around, there's somebody new, a new face. And yeah. the thing about Newsmax is it is a family. Yeah. It really is. And everybody's nice. There's no competition yeah. and it's just, it's a very, very good place to be. And also I, I mentioned it, <clears throat> we were talking about this off air is that, uh, the, um, the, Technology has changed so dramatically in broadcast television. You used to have to fly your guests to New York or L.A. to do their appearances and, and your hosts. And now I've got a home studio. I've got a complete TV broadcast studio. You've got a remote facility as well. <clears throat> it is remarkable how the, uh, the tech has changed where you can do a, bro- a television broadcast without a mega turbo studio that costs millions of dollars. And all of that. It, in the, it's just wild what the tech has done for us. Tech's it? great. And I will say the one good thing about COVID is it did kind of force us to advance. You know, everyone yeah. was kind of on the cusp of it. And now we, we kind of had to, right? Because we had yeah. to work from home. But it's great, you know, for people that, you know, can't fly or they have appointments, but they can yeah. do a, you know, a three-minute segment for one of the shows on Newsmax. And, and it's amazing. It gives a lot more people um, opportunities. Isn't it to be funny, though, also, you look at people like, Seb Gorka, or you look at uh, whoever, and you're, uh, I'm trying to think of all the guests that are on, new Dick Morris, mm-hmm. uh, all of these guys, <clears throat> and suddenly, rather than being in the studio on set with you, it's family pictures in the background. Yeah. There's a bookshelf behind. Isn't that just crazy you do, how you know, I love changed? that. We had a guest on um, on. Wednesday of last week and she had a beautiful background but you could see her kids kind of in the corner <laughs> through there was a glass door but it was so adorable they're sitting yeah. there eating breakfast with yeah. their dad and here she is trying to do a serious yeah. segment but it lets you into your guests lives which yeah. which is which is great but we do we love when the people are here though in studio yeah. there is something yeah. to be said because you have that eye-to-eye communication um and you there's just there's great um, camaraderie when you're together. And, and there's something about coming to work. And <clears throat> I was just talking to Rob about um, New York and how half the buildings are empty during yeah. the day because they're trying to get people to come back to work after the COVID. And I got to tell you, I work at home. And like so many uh, people who host TV shows, I wear gym shorts uh, and a jacket. Uh, but they never do that in the real world, right? Uh, <clears throat> but um, but uh, the uh, people are missing the opportunity to talk with each other yeah and i think that's a really 
This is not. I don't think it's a good thing. I, I, you know, I have three dogs, and my son is marveling. He he lit at home after graduating, just you know, briefly, and he's like, "Is Dad going insane?" Because he talks to the dogs <laughs> like people, and it's because there's nobody there. It is. There's something to be said about going to work, you know, yeah. and having that conversation with people. Um, it's nice to work from home, but I think that there could be a balance, right? Yeah. Work from home a couple of days a week, and then go into work yes. and get to see people you work with, because you yeah. can text and do all that. But there's something about face to face. I would. I would go to. I'd go to work to Newsmax. Rob, you got the jacket on. You're still wearing your sweatpants. <laughs> you need to wear the pants. The well, pants. us ladies, we all wear sneakers around because we can't be running around in exactly. high heels. And sometimes we forget when we go on set. Exactly. Oh, we got to take the sneakers off. Let but. me let me let's let's pivot to what's going on in the uh, in the news. And I know that the uh, and I want to speak to you because you are. Tell me about your your career because right now you're a, a tv journalist but you've done other things yeah so i've uh, i own a pr company so yeah, i have yeah. clients i've written a book so i've been on yeah. both sides which is which is really neat for my clients because they can send me an idea and i'll say you know that's not going to work that's yeah. not newsworthy yeah. um and i can explain to them why so i get yeah. to be on both sides uh there's a lot of things happening right now that are earth shattering uh with regard to freedom of expression and we've seen uh we had hints of it there was a uh a collusion between the FBI, the 2016 campaign of uh, Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton, the DNC. We found that FBI was working with Twitter uh, to keep down Hunter Biden's laptop. And now our, th- this amazing thing with, with uh, Elon Musk purchasing Twitter. I was so excited to hear that it actually went through. There was a lot of people skeptical. And and look, he said what he was going to do, and he's doing it. The concern I have, though, is that we're talking about it. Some other media outlets are talking about it. But when you turn on the news on Saturday after all of those emails went through on Twitter, Mm -hmm. nobody was talking about it. Nothing on CNN, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, nothing. And if the journalists were talking about it, they were bashing the journalist, Mike Taibbi, or was it Matt Taibbi, for for, – for doing his job as an independent journalist. And they're bashing him, saying he's doing PR for Elon Musk. Well, it's, it's interesting, um, Allison, because uh, you know, I don't know where you are politically. We don't need to delve into it. I, I am an unabashed conservative with libertarian leanings. Um, <clears throat> and so, you know, I'm not afraid to, uh, to say that, whereas, you know, many journalists will not say that they are a certain uh, thing. But you know that there has been a censorship of not only ideas, stories, everything from Black Lives Matter to treatment for COVID, has all been censored yeah. and flagged. Think about this. Do you suppose, and I, I, I posited this to Rob Schmidt a few minutes ago, who do you suppose decides who, what the disinformation is before it goes to all of these people? Because, you see, if they were operating uh, you know, alone, Twitter would decide, oh, you're not going to do Twitter, we're not going to do Hunter Biden's laptop, but Facebook, yeah, we're going to go ahead and leave it up. No. Right. They all marched in lockstep on every single thing. Black Lives Matter, COVID efficacy, COVID side effects, shutdowns, you name it. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at Kayleigh McEnany when she was press secretary. They yes. they, they locked her out of Twitter because she shared the New York Post story about Hunter Biden. <laughs> I mean, she just was sharing in there. Well, we couldn't verify. And I remember during COVID, you know, I would share stories and then all of a sudden I get notification and, and Instagram would pull it down. This isn't verified. This isn't accurate. How do you know this is not verified or accurate? So they pick and choose. And that's the sad thing that people will only see what these social media platforms want them to see. I know Kevin McCarthy is saying, look, it's great that, you know, Twitter is exposing this, but we need to look at Google. We need to look at Facebook, Instagram, which is part of Facebook Meta. Look at what YouTube has done. This is a problem. Well, and you look at uh, Google is the purveyor of thought and opinion. They are the ones who censor what you see and what you are exposed to. That's the big dog. Yeah. And I, I know 
I know in my heart, this is my constitutionally protected opinion, which I was not allowed to have on Twitter. I wasn't. Right. You weren't able to have your opinion. You can say what you want about ivermectin, but if I have an opinion about it, I should be able to share it. You should. And even if you were able to and they didn't take your post down, they'd shadow ban you, which means it's up there, but none of your followers are seeing it. There are all these little tips and tricks that they do behind the yeah. scenes that we don't know about. Well, I knew about it because, um, you know, I could see mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter. I don't. I never got the giant following on Twitter because I really started hitting Twitter with the syndicated show two years ago, and they already had wind of who I was and they killed it immediately. The only place that I really blew up was Getter and Truth Social. Mm -hmm. But Twitter and Facebook. Facebook banned me the day after the election. They took down my page. They got rid of my page. It disappeared. It disappeared. Why? I hadn't made a post. I hadn't said that I thought the election, there was chicanery, because I didn't know that the day before. This was before the last Facebook post I did was before they shut down the voting in five states. And yet, the day after the election, you couldn't question the election. No. You can't I wonder you why question that COVID. You couldn't question COVID origins. No. And, no. and now look at all that's come out and all of the changes and all, you know. So, again, it's, it's I, just it's sad that we're, we're living in a world where social media dictates what people are receiving for information. You have to do your due diligence. I always say keep digging. Don't just watch one outlet. Keep researching. Yeah. But when Google controls things, what well, can you research? Exactly. And uh, and then also there is not only with the the there is a uh, stigma associated with being banned from whatever because you're a white right we right-wing extremists, yeah. you're this or that. Uh, I mean, think about this. I, I heard an interview with, uh, 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 oh, jeez, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Uh, James, gosh darn it. Hold on, I got it right. James Woods. Jeez, jeez, <laughs> Rob. James Woods. Career ruined for his political views. Oh, yeah. John Voight, legendary Hollywood actor. Yeah. Still very popular in conservative circles, still uh, contributing. He's on uh, our, our network right. and everything. But, but think about that. Have you ever seen a point where a political ideology, this is bigger than it was in the 50s during McCarthy, neither of us were alive. This is bigger. Well, think about the amount of support Elon Musk had when he started Tesla, ha! right? All and, of and Hollywood, everybody. Oh yeah, Donald Trump because they were they were. He's going to run for president. This is great. He comes down the escalator. Yes. He's you know from Apprentice. He's Donald Trump. Great. And then. then all of a sudden, when Elon Musk bought Twitter, he still had some fans. But then he's like, "This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to allow free speech. I'm going to expose what happened." All of a sudden, wow. boom, he lost all of those supporters. It is, um, it is remarkable when you look at if you're a student of history, and I won't say I'm a great student of history, but if you look what happened with the Soviet Union and East Germany, they're doing the same things except for our our media. And big social media are doing it voluntarily yeah. for the state. Isn't that just remarkable to you? That's scary. It's very it really scary. Is. I mean, it when really you look is. at what the New York uh, Post put out today, that the FBI had these meetings with Twitter uh, about the Hunter Biden story. Uh, that's scary. When we have the federal government involved in, in what will be posted on social media, what can yeah. be said, what can be published, that's not, it's not a good place to be. Let me posit this before we go to the break, because this is the giant story that will be the story if Twitter could stop talking about and stop a story about Hunter Biden's laptop. And if Twitter can pull down Donald or, or, or people like John Boyd or, or other. What do you suppose the possibility that the Biden campaign helped to ban Donald Trump before the election and banned him permanently afterwards? 
think we're going to find out some I answers. I think we are, here. aren't we? Yeah. And then the uh, fan meet feces, feces meet fan. Uh, let's take a break. <laughs> let's take a break. Can you stick around for one I more can. break? Alan, yeah. Allison Maloney from uh, Newsmax joins us as we wrap up the Rob Carson Show back in a few. This is the Rob Carson Show broadcasting live from New York City. Hanging out with Allison Maloney of uh, Newsmax, and we were just talking off air about uh, you are a, a parent, and I am a parent, and I was talking about how uh, you know Facebook and uh, and Twitter they are run by the first generation of people who were completely uh, uh, completely immersed in the woke agenda from kindergarten through college, and that's why they don't think twice about censoring because they've been exposed to one thought uh, on campus. They've been they banned conservative thought so they are indoctrinated into that and what they've done is they've left the university and they brought it they brought the faculty lounge to facebook and twitter right right you have a uh a 10 year old you said you have a 17 or whatever you don't want to you're seeing this crap echoed in what they come home from school with what 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 are you and and is it is it sinking in are you going or do they go oh you know i don't hate people because you know people don't hate me because i'm you know maybe i don't know if kids are white or whatever but you know crt yeah so i think a couple things they're definitely learning things in school and they also see things in social media i try and limit that but when you have a 17 year old you know they're always on their phones um i think it starts at home with the values that you talk to them about and things like that. So I've tried to instill, you know, you treat everybody with respect, everybody is equal. My concern is that my 10-year-old the other day was saying something, and she's like, oh, well, maybe they're transitioning. Now, a 10-year-old, you know, I've never talked to her about that. I didn't think it was the time or the place, but she's hearing it. And I said, well, where did you hear? Well, somebody was talking about it at school. Um, so they're, they're talking about it, not in the classroom, but it's just, you know, chatter. Yeah. And there's books that are in school libraries, not in mine, but in others in Massachusetts that I talked with John Bachman about that these are books that I don't think adults should even see, the, no. the, the, the description on them, the graphics on them. This is what our kids are learning. Yet if we speak out as parents, you know what we're called, domestic yeah. terrorists. Yeah. But yeah. listen, I'm a mama bear, you're a papa bear. Um, <laughs> and I think when, when parents uh-huh. hear things and see things that are happening in, the, in school, we speak up. But the, the concern is if we speak up, then we could get you know, attacked. Oh, well, you are saying this because you are this yeah. or you are that, and you are not you yeah. know, be, treating people equally. No, I want to know what's happening in my kids' classrooms. I, I know that we can't, a lot of the times, if you are a newscaster or you're on... <clears throat> a work for a news organization. You can't be as, you know, like I, I could talk about anything on the radio. Right. Radio slightly different. I do have to concern myself with my public image and whatnot. What's happening with this idea of transgender children and putting children on puberty blockers and surgery? I hope one day that we wake up and we realize the horror. Allison, this is this is something that we cannot we cannot allow to exist anymore no and and so whether you're for it or not i've talked to many doctors about this on the show you can't reverse these things they are taking these drugs and they are having these surgeries you cannot reverse this um and and these their brains are not developed it is it is a scientific fact that a seven-year-old or an eight-year-old does not know how many times and we have kids have they said they want to be superman and they want to be a princess and they run around in their costumes sometimes it could last for a couple of months they just want to wear it to school they grow out of it they decide that they don't want to be a princess or spider-man or superman 
as parents, we need to think about what is what to keep our kids safe. Look, if you are 21, 22, and you've gone through and you've gone through therapy and you decide this is the right thing for yes. you, do what you want. It's your yes. body. But as parents, I That's see these insane. parents allowing these kids to take these hormones. Hormones, yeah. we don't know, A, what it can do to them later on. Um, and, and what they're going through. And again, doctors say this is just big, it's devastating. The, the big thing is, and what they are th- saying is, we're almost out of time. Well, if you don't let your kid transition, they'll kill themselves. Right. Oh, really? Right. No. Because chances are, after they go through the transition, they'll want to kill themselves more. Yeah. Well, especially with all those hormones in their bodies. Look, they're, they're obviously... There's therapy, and therapy is great. I believe in it. I think everybody should be in therapy, and I think you need to have an open dialogue with, with your children. Yeah. But I, I just – It's frightening. It's very, very it's scary. Listen, I, I want to thank you for joining me today. I greatly appreciate uh, – uh, do you want to share with anybody where you're on social media? Or yeah, you... Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, just Allison Maloney. Of course, find of course. Me. It was really a treat having you today. And, thank uh, you. Uh, you're nice, going nice to be on Wake Up America tomorrow. Going to be on Wake Up America tomorrow morning. And, and, you know, whatever you want. If you want to talk about uh, Elon Musk, I can do that. If you want to talk about delightful Christmas cookie decor, uh, uh, Christmas cookie uh, in, uh, ingredients, I'll share that, too. I think too. we should decorate Christmas cookies. I like that better. I, you know what? I'm a major <laughs> cook. I'm a major fan of food. Great. Thanks for joining me. Thank We're going to take a break here, come back and wrap things up from New York on The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show, and uh, we lost the mic for a second, but we, uh, we are back, and we will be back tomorrow here from New York. If you get the chance to, you can follow me on, uh, on uh, social media at uh, Getter, at Rob Carson Show, on Twitter. Yay, Twitter. Twitter's so fun to be on now, at Rob Carson Show. So there is that. I do apologize. We had a, I don't know if you heard it or not, but I heard it in my ears. We had, a, uh, we had an issue with the, uh, with the audio. Um, but uh, uh, we will have much more on uh, what's happening with Elon Musk uh, with regard to freedom of expression in America tomorrow on the show. Uh, there is uh, much to uh, unpack as, the, uh, as things progress. And then, of course, we'll, of course, uh, give you um, all of the sights and sounds of, uh, of New York City as, uh, as well. But, you know, the positive is um, we're winning. And I know you're thinking, oh, you didn't have the midterm we wanted to know, you know, 2020 and all that stuff, but we're winning, guys. Right now, Disney is in turmoil. turmoil. You know why? Because they decided to bed down with the woke agenda, and now they're suffering. You know why? Because you and I said, hey, you know, we're not going to go to Disney World. We did. CNN. Uh, CNN fired Chris Eliza. You had uh, Robin Mead. she been let go. And n- nothing against, you know, I don't want people to be out of work. But at the same time, if you become a tool of the party in power, uh, then a good share of the American people will say, you know, we're not going to watch it because we get it. Because there are other options out there. And CNN had to fire a lot of people. NPR, listen to this. NPR has lost $20 million in corporate sponsorship and has to implement a hiring freeze. You know why? Part of that's the economy. Part of that is people saying, you know what? We're done with your woke nonsense. All right, that's going to do it, guys. God bless you. Have a glorious day. And until tomorrow, as we broadcast live from New York, do not catch the stupid. See you then.